Welcome to another episode of Bush Paul. My name is Don, your host, and welcome to our fourth installment of, of Bush Paul. Um, we've brought you uh, all kinds of um, stories from the past, as well as the uh, latest news on minor league baseball that we have. Um, since we are in the off season, things are relatively quiet. Uh, last week, we, we kind of summarized the cut list and those teams that um, made the cut list and and as we all are aware that the affiliates were reduced from 160 teams to 120 teams um, last month. We also talked about how uh, Major League Baseball is opening up the books to include the Negro Leagues as a, an official major league, which um, could have important um, ramifications on the MLB record books. Today's episode, um, we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to talk about, I'm getting a little indulgent here. I've always been intrigued with the idea of, of the retiring of numbers. I've always been a little confused, if I'm being honest, as to why you would want to get rid of a number that has been so good to you um, throughout uh, a player's career. And then, But I also get the obvious, it's a way to recognize our players um, and, and to memorialize them and say no one will ever wear 33 or if you're a Celtic again or 23 if you're a Chicago Bull or 3 if you're a New York Yankee. Um, I get it. Uh, but we're going to talk about this whole idea of retiring of baseball jerseys today. And we're going to start um, with uh, I wanted to find a minor leaguer because that's really what I started thinking. I go, well, I bet there aren't many minor leaguers who have had their jerseys retired because they they really don't stick around long enough to kind of make a, a indelible um, impact on their community or their team. They're kind of just it's a stepping stone. So there's really not. Uh, but I was surprised to find out that there are actually quite a few retired numbers in the minors. And so the one that I went searching for was um, I wanted one that was special, and I think I found it. Um, Imagine this headline and tell me what the first thought that comes to your head might be. The Braves retire Aaron's number. Um, And then let's say it followed up with the Braves retire Aaron's number 23. Well, I think that's where most of us would say, well, wait a second. We all know that Hank Aaron's number was 44 and that was retired in the 1970s by not only the Atlanta Braves, but the Milwaukee Braves as, as well. And so if you feel confused by this, don't be. Uh, the Braves did retire the number 23, but it wasn't the Braves of Atlanta. It was the Braves A affiliate, the Richmond Braves. And the 23 jersey did belong to an Aaron, but it wasn't Hammer and Hank Aaron's number 24, or number 44, it was his brother Tommy Aaron, who, before passing of leukemia at the age of 45, was a legendary player and manager in the minor league system for the Atlanta Braves. 
Um, he he preferred to go by T. He Tommy became um, known as T. Uh, he also uh, had quite a career in the International League playing for the Richmond Braves. He was the 1967 International League. Um, not only did he win the pennant with them, he was also named League MVP. And is the only man in history of the International League to earn MVP honors and manage a Governor's Cup champion club, um, which he did as a manager in 1978. And so that's pretty um, impressive uh, pedigree for uh, T. Aaron. Uh, his five years as an international league player were highlighted by his 309 batting average um, and the 1967 pennant winning um, ball club. Additionally, he's also viewed as quite um, the pioneer. Uh, he became the first African American manager in the International League and the first in history to win the Governor's Cup. So it was quite a remarkable career. Probably didn't go the way that 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 uh, Tommy Aaron thought it would go. And what learning about Tommy Aaron, you would look at these two Aaron brothers standing side by side, Hank and Tommy, and you'd ask, well, who was the? If, if, if you ask somebody who didn't know them, who you thought the superstar baseball player might be, it would absolutely be Tommy. Tommy was a strapping six foot three, two hundred and thirty pound um, uh, load, and so he looked like he was built to hit a baseball a long way. But in fact, it was his brother Hank, who um, his older brother Hank, who proved to be the the uh, the baseball. Um, he he got all the baseball genes, but Tommy did not do too shabby himself. Tommy did eventually make it to the big leagues. I know typically we we profile players who haven't, but this one was just really interesting, and I th- I wanted to share it. So he played 437 uh, major league games. He had 13 home runs, which actually eight of those home runs he hit in his first season in 18 in 1962, and he actually holds one of the most coveted records in uh, major league baseball history as well. Tommy Aaron. Um, his record is, uh, along with his brother's 755 home runs, uh, they hold the major league record for the most career home runs by two brothers at 768. Uh, they were also the first siblings to appear in a league championship series as teammates. So Tommy Aaron, whose jersey was retired, um, in 2006, along with uh, Joe Morgan. Joe Morgan was also uh, inducted into the uh, International League Hall of Fame, um, along with Tommy in 2006. Uh, And uh, Tommy Aaron, a legend of the Richmond Braves and brother of the um, record-setting Hall of Fame home run hammering Hank Aaron. And so... Thank you, Tommy Aaron, for all that you did for minor league baseball. Thank you for being a pioneer and uh, being brave and strong. And and uh, it was it was a great great time learning about you. On the topic of retiring numbers, for our second number, we're going to take a little deeper dive into the retiring of jerseys. And so, like I said, uh, the retiring of jerseys has always been an interesting 
kind of topic for me because I could when I, I remember when I was little and they we talked about retiring a jersey, I never fully understood it because I would think, well, this player was a great player. Why would you want to get rid of his jersey? Why would you want to retire? You'd want it to live on forever. Give it to the next guy and let him live up to that expectation. And so um, I've always been a little intrigued by it uh, because, honestly, outside of making it to the Hall of Fame or some making it to some ring of honor, it might be the single greatest way to acknowledge appreciation for a single player. I mean, really saying that we're putting your number, you know, out of circulation forever is, is I guess, high praise. Um, so numbered jerseys, let's start with kind of a little history lesson on numbered jerseys. Numbered jerseys in the MLB have been around since uh, the Cleveland Indians and New York Yankees uh, first introduced them in 1929. Um, they'd been kicking around the idea, toying with the idea of numbers since 1916, putting them on the sleeves and things of that nature, and it didn't really take off. But uh, by 1929, the Yankees and Indians um, kind of made it mandato- mandatory that they were have numbers on their jer- on their uniforms. Well, team by team, you know, they began to kind of fall off. And the last team to add numbers to their jersey were the Philadelphia Athletics, who did so in 1937. Um, I always thought, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna digress here just for a second. I always thought it'd be hilarious if we if we retired numbers for ineptitude, like like that uh, Mario Mendoza. That's who his name is. The guy who was forever the epitome of mediocrity in baseball you know the 200 line that's what they call it the Mendoza line uh, no offense Mario you had a long baseball career you were awesome I think he's in, actually in the Mexican League Hall of Fame uh, where he had much better career than he did in the majors but yeah he, he had a long career um, he played 12 years in the majors and uh, that's pretty good but he was always tied to the Minota line and and that is the batting average of 200 or below and so I always found it interesting um, that why don't we retire some of these numbers why, why don't we retire number you know Mendoza's number uh, 11 I think is what he was let's let's retire that and get rid of that one get that one out of circulation because we that guy it, it hasn't been doing anything for us. Don't get rid of like the Babe Ruths and the Derek Cheaters and the the uh, Sandy Koufaxes and the you know the list goes on and on, but it just doesn't work that way. And I don't make the rules, so this is what we're stuck with. Uh, I I think I could make a strong case though for looking at it the other way, uh, but maybe in hindsight it's probably a blessing to those players. I mean, who would ever want to be number three for the New York Yankees? I mean, to live up to that. Or 23 for the Chicago Bulls. Or wearing 33 for the Boston Celtics. It's just, it wouldn't be fair. And the answer is nobody would want that kind of heat unless you kind of had a screw loose and and you thought that you could live up to that expectation somehow. Um, Well, you would be wrong. In, in probably 99% of the cases. However, um, I would say that retiring jerseys is, 
is is universally viewed as a as high praise and an honor and I would probably even put it up there with the the Hall of Fame for many players or a ring of honor in a stadium that they might get I think that um there's something immortal about the retiring of a jersey and so interesting so we talked about like how number how jerseys were numbered now let's get into when they started retiring them. And so the first retired number in a major sport was an ice hockey player by the name of Ace Bailey, whose number was six, and he played for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, And in 1934, uh, the Maple Leafs retired his jersey, took it out of circulation, and said that no one shall ever wear number six again. Uh, in Major League Baseball, since this is a, a baseball-oriented um, podcast, uh, Lou Gehrig was the first player to have his number retired. He wore number four for the New York Yankees, and they retired his jersey in 1939. Um, some teams, I mean, there's there's all kinds of things, ways that, uh, that organizations retire um, numbers. For instance, a lot of uh, sports teams, particularly in football, they'll retire the number 12 um, to signify the, the, in honor of their fans, the 12th man. Um, this, the, in basketball, the Sacramento Kings and the Orlando Magic retired the number six in honor of the sixth man, which is, again, a tribute to their fans. Uh, some uh Organizations will retire a number of someone who maybe died suddenly in the organization. Maybe it was a player who died suddenly, or who had a who had a um, a big impact on the community. And and um, I know that that's happened in a few cases. Um, one interesting case: uh, the Vegas Golden Knights hockey team, in honor of the 58 victims killed in the 2017 Las Vegas shooting. Um, did retire the number 58. So there really isn't a rhyme or reason. That was one of the things I looked for was a process for retiring old jerseys. And it really varies by organization to organization. And so if you look at, um, let's say, uh, you know, the Dodgers, for instance, they, they kind of, uh, you have, they have a pretty strict, um, process uh you have to have made the hall of fame if you want to retire to your jersey to be retired by the dodgers you have to have played the majority of your career with the dodgers um and in if you have those types of of um credentials then you have an opportunity to uh retire your jersey with the dodgers now i think they had one exception jim gilliam who died um suddenly uh, during um, during a uh, a playoff run, during the middle of the playoff run, I believe they retired his his jersey number as well. So some of them are real strict. Some of them aren't. Um, I'm just wondering when, what the heck, in a hundred years they're going to run out of these numbers. Um, especially the Yankees. I think they've got like 28 retired numbers. Uh, what happens when they when they run out? So there's another aspect of retired numbers, which I think takes it even to another level, and that's the level of league-wide retirement. 
The first I'd heard of this was with Jackie Robinson's number 42 as being the first black player um, in the modern era of Major League Baseball uh, to play um, to play, and he played for the Brooklyn Dodgers, we all know, and his 42 was retired uh, league-wide in 1997. Um, and so there were some exceptions. One of the interesting exceptions was that there there were exceptions made. So if a jersey is retired league-wide, you had the option of, if, if you were already number 42 at the time that that jersey got retired, then you were able to um, keep the number until your playing days were over. Um, you had that option. Um, one of the players, Mariano Rivera, probably the greatest closer in MLB history, um, wore number 42, and he did until his career ended. I know there's a great hockey story uh, when um, Phil Esposito uh, wore the number seven and another hockey legend, Bork, wore number seven. Well, they decided they were going to retire Esposito's number seven, and Bork was already wearing it. Who'd already become Bork had already become a superstar in his own right. Um, anyway, they had a ceremony. They were going to retire number seven for Esposito, who played prior to Bork. And during the ceremony, I thought it was really cool. Bork actually brought the jersey out to Esposito and presented it to him. And from that moment on, Bork wore number seventy-seven. Um, you know, the doubling of, of number seven. So anyway, there's some great stories like that. There's some stories. I know Peyton Manning had wanted to wear 18 with the uh, Denver Broncos during their, during his time there. And he actually had to get Kelly Trapuca's permission um, to wear it because Kelly Trapuca, who was a, a Denver Bronco legend, um, had his number 18 retired with them. And of course he gave him permission. So, uh, some other league-wide retirement of jerseys. Wayne Gretzky's number 99 was retired league-wide by the NHL um, at the 2000 NHL um, All-Star Game. And so that's interesting because, um, you know, Wayne Gretzky was a great player. Don't get me wrong. and He probably was the greatest player of his generation but I think putting comparing that maybe it's apples and oranges. I don't know. Maybe I'm being cynical. But comparing that to like Jackie Robinson, I'm sorry, Wayne, you're a great player. But what Jackie did and what you did, I guess, are completely different things. And um, I know I always look forward to 42 Day in the MLB when everybody wears it. I just think it's a great way to to pay homage to uh, a great pioneer. Um, and a very humble man and a man who uh, just, he was a Dodger um, through and through. And then recently, um, the National Hockey League is pushing for um, the jersey number of Willie O'Ree to be retired. So Willie O'Ree played... Um, in the NF- in the NHL as a hockey player with the Boston Bruins beginning in January of 1958, becoming the first African-American to play um, in the NHL. I can get behind that, no problem. I think that that is something that um, we can look at and, and really rally around because uh, hockey with African-Americans... Um, 
in the 50s. I think that uh, by recognizing Willie O'Ree as a pioneer and kind of breaking the color barrier in the NHL would be a, a really cool way to honor that. So um, as far as the, the process goes of retiring these numbers, from what I can tell, there really isn't one. Uh, they uh, Organizations just choose their process, how they want to do it, and they just kind of wing it. And so I, I really looked for kind of a, a, a you know, a formatted template for how they go about this. And they're all pretty much the same. Their players had played with them for a long time and made an impact, whether it be in the community or on the field. Uh, they would get their number retired. Sometimes it, it, it would be for tragic reasons because a player had passed away mid-season or maybe even during the off-season. They might pay tribute to that player by retiring their jersey. Um, so... That's all I have to really say about the retiring of, of numbers and jerseys. And um, I think that it's still a fascinating idea. Anybody who has the opportunity to get their number retired, I'm sure feels very honored. And it's always a positive experience for, for people. So I'm all about that. And so I think that uh, we're going to move on to our third segment, which is our team of the week. This week's Team of the Week actually revolves around um, one of the most popular sitcoms, um, animated sitcoms in history. And uh, I'll give you a, a, a hint. Um, his name his his name r- rhymes with uh, uh, Homer, <laughs> The Simpsons. So there's a direct connection between our uh, team of the week and the classic animated show, The Simpsons. So first off, uh, I I seem to be going to New Mexico quite a bit. This is the second, I guess, of the four episodes we've had. Two of them have have been um, set in New Mexico. Well, this one does too. And this particular one is not Roswell, but uh, Albuquerque. Uh, the Albuquerque Isotopes. So the Isotopes um, was a name that uh, the team owner, you know, sheepishly agreed that, yeah, he got the name from from watching The Simpsons. Um, there's an episode in The Simpsons where Homer actually plays, uh, he, he goes to a game and and he's like a mascot for the Springfield Isotopes. Because um, remember, Springfield, where Homer works, he works at a at a uh, nuclear power plant, and um, where isotopes, I'm sure, run amok. And so, in in New Mexico, uh, at Albuquerque, there is also a a um, nuclear uh, weapons development site called Los Alamos, and it's out there in the desert, and um, the isotopes absolutely does uh, apply to the surrounding area of um, Albuquerque. And so prior to being called the isotopes, the Dodger affiliate there was called the Albuquerque Dukes forever. I remember as a kid, um, I would hear about the Albuquerque Dukes um, quite a bit. Uh, But they have been the isotopes for... 
about the last uh, 18 years, and um, they've 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 worn it. And people actually, as soon as they they adopted that name, merchandise just kind of flew off the shelf. For one, that it being connected to the Simpsons show, but also just because it's it's kind of a quirky name and it kind of fits with the whole idea of the minor league, uh, you know, quirky name business. And so um, the ice, the Albuquerque Isotopes are our team of the week, and keep on shining, Isotopes. Thank you for joining us today. This concludes our episode of uh, number four. So hopefully I'm getting a little bit better with the editing and all that, but um, thank you for sticking it out for those of you who kind of grinned and bared it through some of my uh, audio issues. Have a great night, everybody, and we will see you down the road. And when, again, when you get a chance, when things open up, um, go to a minor league baseball game. You will not regret it. Good night. Hello, everyone, and welcome.